Hello and welcome to the Financial Classroom with Will, Tim, and Jules, where three friends believe that the American dream is built by living within your means. Listen as we discuss how to build wealth, live frugally, and attack life with a financial plan. All right, welcome back to the Financial Classroom. Today you're listening to episode 57. Uh, before we start, I just want to say that uh, we will be taking a month break. It is summer holidays. Jewel, Tim, and I are going to be probably Jewel is probably going to be camping, doing whatever Canadian things that she's doing. Um, you not camp, Will? <laughs> no, I'm flying to be, um, I'm flying home to BC to visit my parents in Vancouver, and uh, yeah, so it'll be good. Um, with that said, uh, we are excited to actually have a little bit of break and then uh, come back at it stronger and re energized so uh, you're listening to this episode um there won't be one i guess for a month and then new one will come out so uh with that said today we have a rather unique guest in a sense of uh, his age and his net worth um we don't usually have people this young come on the podcast with uh this uh the net worth that he has and uh uh, we have a six-figure millennial uh, segment, obviously, and uh, today we have uh, Justin uh, from Kentucky, a U.S. Uh, guest here. Uh, Justin, would you just like to quickly introduce yourself, and then, so we don't keep our guests waiting, just tell um, everyone how old you are and what your net worth is. Yeah, man, so uh, my name is Justin Johnson, like you said, I live out here in Kentucky, uh, just turned 23 in May, and uh, my net worth is around two. Depending on the day, two twenty ish, somewhere around there, two hundred twenty thousand. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was higher. You said the markets made that a little bit. Lower, <laughs> yeah, the markets, the markets, and some and some spending. You know, <laughs> you, you gotta spend. You gotta spend every now and then, but yeah, you gotta live. That's what it's all about. That's right. Mm-hmm. I think right. the markets hit every one of us too. But yeah, <laughs> now's the time to buy if you That's have right. any. Yep. Yeah. So at 23, $220,000, um, how did you get there so quickly? What's like, what's your story? What's your secret? Yeah, well, the, the secret is sacrifice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, but I'll go through my story and mm-hmm. kind of lead up to that. But uh, so I grew up military brat. Um, mm-hmm. My dad was, he was in the U.S. military. Uh, he was, he was pretty tough um, growing up. It was real hard, you know, real hard on us, but also disciplined and loving so you know i had a really good upbringing um but whenever he got out of the marine corps tried to start his own business uh filed bankruptcy and then at that point you know he he talks about how it's a different kind of hunger whenever you don't know how to feed your your two kids uh, i'm an identical twin so that's another cool tip about me um oh, nice. so so going through that uh i kind of changed him he got he got back on his feet he has a rather rags to riches story. Um, he's done really well for himself and he really instilled into me the, the personal finance and how important it is. And I think I was 16 when I started listening to Dave Ramsey and, you know, I listened to, I listened to most of the things he has to say. I have my own views on some other stuff, but, uh, <laughs> but, but what really, uh, what really sprung me is going to be my college experience. And what I mean by that is I accepted a scholarship, um, through the military. So I'm in the U S army national guard, uh, the reserves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got a full ride scholarship for that. Um, so whenever I knew I was gonna get a wow. full ride, I chose a really expensive college and people are going to ask, well, why would you do that? Well, more expensive colleges give out bigger scholarships. So mm-hmm. 
so after I got my full ride, I also had an academic scholarship and then I also had a sports scholarship. Um, so I was getting about $10,000 uh, on refunds for my scholarships every semester. Wow. Uh, so you were making $10,000 every semester to go to college. Oh, wow. This is unique right here. Yeah. I don't think we, you get that. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's when, like, that's really what put me ahead and put me in a position. Mm-hmm. Um, but, one, but once again, now we're going to talk about the sacrifice point um, where I spend, you know, I just got back from a, from three months away from my family when my daughter was born. Um, so there's, there's that sacrifice aspect of it as well, where I wasn't able to go out and party on the weekends. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. My social life was, was minimal um, through that scholarship, but, but it's all paid off this far. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is, that is crazy. Cause so for listeners who don't pay attention to a lot of uh, financial statistics or whatnot, if you look at the States, the amount of student loans that people owe is, is insane. And mm-hmm. so that's why I say, even in Canada here, like the, the student loan, uh, obviously not as much as the States, but it's definitely a very common thing for people to take out student loans. So you literally flipped that 180 instead of taking out student loans, you were getting paid to go to school, which is super unique and super cool to hear. Um, I guess that right there puts you right there. Six figures difference, like between somebody who owes, let's say, I don't know, $50,000. And then let's say you're getting paid $50,000, right? So that right there is a hundred K right there difference between somebody who's taking out loans. And, and so that's super cool. So, uh, let's go, let's backtrack a little bit. You said at 16 years old, you learned about Dave Ramsey. Who told you to listen to Dave Ramsey? And uh, for those of you who don't know Dave Ramsey, we literally did a podcast about our views on Dave Ramsey and what we agree and disagree on. So you can go back to that podcast and you, you'll learn who Dave Ramsey is there. But um, so you list, you discovered Dave Ramsey at 16. Was it your parents that taught you or your dad that showed you Dave Ramsey? And and then so what happened? Because most 16-year-olds hear that stuff. They don't, It goes in one year and goes out the other. So what was the thing that, made you like frugal or, or saver? Like, obviously you, I'm guessing you're a natural saver and more of a, well, I mean, that's up in the air. Uh, <laughs> tell you the truth. I actually, I like to spend, my wife's really good at keeping me on track. Um, mm. She's, she's, she's never been like on the Dave Ramsey train per se, um, but she's always been really frugal. Um, she grounds me whenever I get way too aggressive with these big ideas that I have. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I'm, I'm a dreamer, but, but she's able to ground me. But yeah, at 16, it was my dad. My dad put me on Dave Ramsey. Um, he doesn't listen to every one of his principles either, but he kind of let me, uh, we went to a live event, um, which was, I would say at 16, it's not really the words. It's more like the atmosphere and listening to the stories mm-hmm. of these other people that, that get to live without debt and what that's been mm-hmm. able, just hearing their stories of what debt's done to them. And then now that they're out of debt, um, yeah. you know, how free that they are. So I'd say that 16, that was more, more of the stories. But then once you start listening to the podcast and surrounding yourself in the community, um, your mindset starts to shift. Um, you also mentioned your dad is kind of like a rags to riches story. Can you just touch on that a little bit? I'm really curious what, what you filed bankruptcy, like what changed, what does he, what does he do now? And how is his, how did that happen? Yeah. So my, my dad, like I said, he got out of the military, filed for bankruptcy, um, didn't know how he was going to feed us. Uh, so he lied to get back in the military. Um, in the U.S., if you file bankruptcy, um, you're considered a financial hardship liability. Um, so they won't let you back in the military until you clear that. Well, he just lied and they never did a background check on that, I guess. So he got back into the military 
And then he got out, um, started working in this factory and worked his way up. He's the vice president of operations now. Wow. Um, yeah, for a pretty large uh, organization. Um, so yeah, he's done, he's done very well for himself and talk about turning kind of, his, his life around. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And, and he's really been able to, to guide me and been my biggest mentor mm-hmm. um, through business and then getting into, getting into real estate as well. So cool. So what do you do for a living, Justin? Yeah. So I'm in, uh, I mean, I, I like to do everything sales. So, um, so obviously I'm in the national guard, so I'm a reservist, um, in the military. And then I'm a realtor as well as a industrial sales representative where I sell forklifts and dock and door equipment. And then I also do real estate investing where I am the vice president of sales for that. Um, I was listening to one of your other podcasts where somebody does, they are the private lender where they give money to flippers. And then I'm, I'm on the receiving end of that. So I go out and I find private capital um, to pour into that investment business. And, and right now we're still, we're still relatively uh, new. So I feel like we have a good enough sample size to where I can start heading out to outside investors. Um, but up to this point, it's been friends and family. Wow. By, by, the, by the way you're talking, it sounds like you were definitely taught well um, about how to manage your finances and taught well about investing and, and being smart about your money. So uh, your net worth is two hundred ten to $220,000 at age 23. How is that allocated? Where is that? How much of it is in the market? Is it in the house? Like, where's that all going? So, so yeah, 120 of that is in real estate. Um, in your primary I, residence or in, in rentals? Uh, mostly my primary and then one in, in a rental. Um, and then I have 10000 in retirement accounts. Um, 52,000 sitting and checking and savings. And I can touch on that. Um, Whoa. Yeah. And then uh, 30,000 in the vehicles, um, which are all owned free and clear. And then uh, I have another uh, like 10,000 in odds and ends stuff, whether it be crypto. That's also what really hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, cryptos, NFTs. Uh, I like to collect stuff, sports cards and whatnot. So, so yeah. That's that's my net worth broken down there. And you um you went to school and now you're in sales. What did you take in school? Yeah, so um I got my I got a double I got, I got two different bachelor's degrees. I got one in uh business administration and one in sports management. Uh honestly, I never really intended to use them. Uh I always figured I'd be in sales, but I mean if I'm going to get paid to go to school, might as well pick up something while I'm there. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so I my my plan was to always go sales. I feel like one, I can kind of create my schedule and spend time with my family, and two, there's not really a cap to what I can make. So. Mm-hmm. Do you find that the education that you had did it help you at all with today with your your job, your career moving forward? Uh, my education probably. I mean, if you want, if you want my honest answer, probably not. Um, I, <laughs> I truly think I truly think that my experiences um have helped me. I was a door to door salesman to start off. That's the most brutal job you can get. I mean, the the stuff that you hear whenever you knock on someone's door and the, while they're eating dinner is terrible. So, um, I I don't think anyone can reject me harder than than I've already been rejected. So, I think that was probably the greatest uh, teacher I've had is that is that job. That's crazy. Um, so, Justin, let's go back to uh, earlier. 
before we were starting recording, you said you had 100K at 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is very, very unusual. How I know you got paid to go to school. Did you work at the same time during school? And obviously, you were definitely saving or investing that money and not blowing it to get to 100K at 20. Uh, what were you doing? What kind of job did you have during school if you had a job? And what was your salary at the time? Yeah, so I was being in the military, I was able to make some money, um, pretty much enough to live on. So I wasn't having to reach into that money that I was um, that I was getting on the refunds. Now, I will say that I should have came out with more money than I did. I probably left with I don't know fifty thousand, sixty thousand, and I probably could have could have got away with ten or twenty more. Um, but then that's when I got into real estate investing. Um, mm. and that's where I was able to, the market helped me a lot on that side. Um, but I was able to put that into a house. Um, and then I sold it within, within a year or two. So I got my first house at ooh, 19 or 20 and then, uh, sold it for, it went up 50,000 plus the 30 or 40 I had in it. So, so that helped as well. Wow. Yeah, man, it was a uh, it was a crazy experience. Like, a, you know, most people, as you said, my age were uh, were heavy in debt, didn't have a lot of money. But I can tell you that they were living like they had a lot more money than I did. <laughs> so, so I think that's always the case. Even like you know, we would always me and my husband would walk around. We would just had kids and. And I was single, my art stayed home mom. And we'd look at all these houses and these campers and quads and dirt bikes and skidoos. And we're like, what are, what is everyone doing? Like, what are they doing that we're not doing? And the thing that they were doing that we weren't doing is they were buying like on credit and we yeah. weren't doing that. And it took us so long to figure out that, that that's what they were doing. And that's, so mm-hmm. if you look, you can see that uh, people spend what they don't have. Yeah. It happens quite frequently. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know. Something in the U S is. I mean, I'm not, I know it's not just the U.S., but we have a spending problem, and we don't understand that our it's like the common sense of math, where I don't have enough money, but yet I I'm still going to buy it. I don't know where we lost that. But. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, I, I don't understand that too. I mean, I feel like most people who listen to the show probably care about finances, so they're probably all on like the same boat. Like this doesn't make sense, but like obviously the general public doesn't think that way. Uh, so, okay, let's go back to the, your breakdown, your net worth there. Uh, $120,000 in real estate. You have one rental house there. Um, how much is that bringing in every single month? Um, so you see the mortgage on it is right around 300. We're getting a uh, rent around a thousand. And then we have an outside investor that we pay out about 250. So we're getting about 550 in profit a month off that. Okay. Um, and the rate of return is pretty high on what we invested. I think we only put 10,000 of our own funds into it. Okay. okay. How much How much did you buy that house for? Um, at the time, we bought it for 60. We fixed it up. Um, it's probably worth about 130 now. Um, goodness. <laughs> Just to- I, I, I'm saying goodness, not because of like the appreciation, but like goodness in terms of the price of the house. Because that's... Yeah. You can't get that up... Uh, like man i don't know what's wrong with the canadian housing markets but it, it makes no sense whatsoever so um we're it's in nuts. alberta saskatchewan like we're in the cheap real estate areas yeah. and you're looking at 300 to get into a house 250 maybe yeah so so if you're going to get like being a decent house and like an average market in the u.s it's probably about the same 
Um, Jules, you can't get a house for two fifty in Alberta, like a house house that people want to live in. No, well, like a really like a nineteen seventies, nineteen sixties bungalow. Okay, yeah, maybe that. But we're talking about like something that's newer. You're talking about five six hundred thousand for sure, easy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm just saying you could get into a house yeah. for <laughs> fixer yeah. upper. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Continue on with your uh, net worth breakdown. There, you have ten k in retirement account. There, um, is that uh, mainly in the stock market? Yeah, yeah. It's in you know large cap index funds and. And okay. stuff like that. Um, and I just started doing that uh, last year. Uh, awesome. So you're experiencing yeah, so a crash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but no, it was, uh, it's just something I need to do. I mean, I'm heavy into real estate. I'm like, keep investing heavy into real estate. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I have a company match and yeah. obviously get the Roth. The yeah. free growth, so. You know, I just watched a video earlier today, actually. They said uh, you get to wealth in so many different ways. You look at uh, um, Elon Musk, um, Putin, and what else example did they give? Some other billionaire in the world. And they say they all got to wealth completely differently. And so uh, whether that's real estate, investing in the market, or winning the lottery, like whatever the heck, like people get to become wealthy different ways. No wrong in that whatsoever. So, uh, okay, I want to touch on the $52,000 in checking account though. Yep. Why do you have so much money, cash in your checking account? Um, so I... So there was something that, that was told to me and I'll, I'll pass along the information. And it was that uh, there's no such thing as luck in this world. All luck is, is whenever an opportunity meets preparation. Um, okay. I think that we're seeing something in the housing market um, that's mm. going to shift, at least okay. here in the U.S. Uh, and I just want to make sure that I have uh, liquid cash ready to go. Um, without, you know, with other investors, we probably have altogether, I don't know, 200, 300,000 um, that we can probably throw, throw at this market. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2008, whenever we went through the great recession in the U S with yep. the housing market and the crash, um, there was the a lot of lawyers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the, the whole, the whole, uh, like the, the there, there was, was a ripple so many, effect. Yeah. And there was so many millionaires made in that mm-hmm. and, and that happens. And every time that the world's hurting, there's, there's something to gain from somebody and it's mm-hmm. what side of the fence can you be on? Yeah on that. So I put myself, I played a good enough defense game where I don't have any liabilities other than my mortgage yeah. Um, to where I can start going on the offense here shortly. That's why I like to think of it. Okay. I like the mentality. You don't and, talk, you hear a lot of people that talk like that. Interest rate yeah. is going up though. So, you know, like who, who knows, nobody knows where the housing market is going to be. No, if we're talking exactly. about the real estate, um, when it comes to the market, which is where I'm heavily into, um, yep. I always say just, like I feel like real estate, maybe it's easier. I feel like the market is very unpredictable in terms of time in the market. It's uh, it's almost it's almost impossible. So I mm-hmm. I always tell people to just continue averaging and dollar cost averaging, and um, even when the market keeps tanking, I don't, we're in a bear market right now. I don't I don't know if it'll be another ten percent or twenty percent. Who knows? But uh, I've been I myself have been just throwing it, and I don't. I don't have 52K in my checking account, but uh, <laughs> um, just keep talk- tossing it in. So um, cool. That's awesome. Thanks. Uh, that was a good good way to break down your net worth there. Mm-hmm. So Justin, did you have any financial assistance along the way? Like other than the, all the scholarships you had with school, did you get any inheritance or parents help with down payment on their first house or anything like that? So my dad, he had some money set away um, for us for college, it was supposed to be like 9,000 a semester or sorry, 9,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I got that the first two years. 
I did something he didn't agree with, which was get married. And I totally understand that opinion. I will never, I will never <laughs> challenge him on that. You know, that's, I understand that. Um, so then, so that stopped after that. So I got it for my first two years and then he helped. So he stopped paying you because you got married? Yeah. And I, and you know what? I don't, Hey, it's his money, his values, right? Yeah. yeah I, I, I totally, that. I totally get it. So it, but he loves my wife and uh, it's all great now. But <laughs> so, and then he helped with the wedding. Um, so other than that, that's, that's all, the only help I've gotten. That is um, hilarious that he disagrees with the wedding. So, uh, so doesn't pay you your amount, but he helps with the wedding so you can get married. Well, he, he, <laughs> there's was, a backstory. We'll call it more of a graduation gift. Cool. Yeah. We'll call it graduation gift for 7,000. But no, it was, like I said, I, I totally understand whenever it's your money, it's your values and his values were tied to his money. And that's, that's what you got to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew what I was doing when I made the decision. Yeah. Cool. Oh, so we, sorry, we haven't touched on this. Uh, listeners are probably wondering, what is your salary range um, in your job, your sales job and your, as a real Yeah. Player? So I'm looking at probably uh, this year, I'll probably do about a hundred, 110 this year. Okay. okay. What about yeah. previous years? Is, has it always been around the six figure mark or were you making less than that? No, I was making, see last year probably was around 50. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, I've really ramped it up this year. Uh, uh-huh. Just getting into a salary job with commission. And yeah. then I also do the real estate sales on the side, which is a great, great side job for anyone yeah. that, that needs some extra funds. You know, I, I, I love that you're hustling in your 20s. I've said this on the podcast before, and I've said this to friends, and I will continue saying again. Uh, you work hard in your 20s, and you reap the rewards for the rest of your life in your 30s, 40s, 50s. And, and I say that, like Charlie Munger always talks about how the first 100K is just, like you want to get to that first hundred k, um, mm-hmm. and you listen to Tim's podcast there when he reached six figure, and and obviously you've worked your butt off, and now like, obviously you don't have as much in the market, but just the amount that you have is is insane for a twenty three year old. Most twenty three year olds are still out partying, mm-hmm. legit. Yeah. They're they're all partying and putting everything on credit cards and buying brand new vehicles and throwing them on a, on credit and stuff, and and so you're you're well on your way. You you probably be a seven figure. Um, by uh, before you're 30 for sure. That's the goal. That's so, the goal. That's pretty unreal to think about, eh? You know, it's yeah. I, I don't know. I've that was always my goal was 28. I said that whenever I turned 18. I said 10 years from now I want to be 28. So, <laughs> so that's you're be my age and be a millionaire. Yeah, I mean, it's I still got a long road ahead, and we'll, we'll see. Um, the power of private capital is pretty interesting, though. What it can do whenever you can raise funds and and you have a good business model to present to investors because, um, mm. you know, I can get into deals with, with almost nothing down. And then after 13 years, I own the asset and they have all their money back and I have a house for nothing. So they, they, that's like really what, what I'm looking for um, to really shoot up my net worth here in the next, you know, six to eight years. Yeah. So like joint venture. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pretty much. I, I add value by finding a good deal and managing it. And then they're just a, a silent partner within the deal. That's awesome. Uh, like all, all the best to you. I think you're on something here. You sound like a hustler. It, you sound like you're going to make it work no matter what. Yeah. I mean, you got to, you know, no one's going to no give you anything. Um, so yeah, you just got to get out there and there's money to be made. You just got to figure out how you're going to make it and which path you want to take. Yeah, exactly. There's so many different paths you can take. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and how does your wife feel about this? Like, is she on board with it? You said earlier she wasn't really a Dave Ramsey fan, but she's still more of a mm-hmm. saver. How does she feel with with everything that you've got going on? Yeah, so she, um, I mean, my wife's great. So she's she's educated. Um, she has her master's degree. Um, I tell people she could easily get into the job market and make seventy thousand if she wanted. Um, but we both grew up in pretty traditional homes, so she's a stay at home mom, and I'm grateful for that. She. I mean, she doesn't really spend like hardly any money. Like I don't like she loves vacations. That's something that she's always pushing, pushing for vacations. Um, recently she was really wanting a car. Um, but then we got uh, a cheaper car, so it worked out, but, uh, but no, she's very frugal. Um, like I said, she keeps me grounded. Um, I just had a, an opportunity where I was about to do like a $15,000 note to someone, uh, for like 11 or 12% interest on it. And she was, she listened to the whole conversation and she poked holes all the way through it. So she's very savvy. She's really smart. Uh, and then she understands finances, but at, for the most part, she trusts me um, up to this point. She thinks I've, I have a decent track record. So um, I just make sure that, you know, that she's on board with whatever we're doing and that we're moving in, in the right direction together. And then, uh, and then after that, we pull the trigger and, she crosses her fingers and hope that hopes I don't mess it up. <laughs> that's awesome. It's it honestly having a spouse that's on board is uh, it's so key to succeeding with finances. Cause if you got, if your spouse just spends behind your back, there's no way you get ahead. There's just no way. Um, unless you make millions and millions and millions, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, what mistakes have you made in terms of finances? Have you made any mistakes? It sounds like, I feel like you don't make a lot of mistakes to 230,000 on 23, but yeah, I, I made, any- yeah, I sure did, man. I made a, uh, a pretty good one and it was, it was a rookie mistake. Uh, but I'm glad that I did it to myself. So as a real estate agent, obviously I'm writing my own contracts. Why would I hire someone? I'm a real estate agent, but it was yeah. my first, my first house I was doing. Um, and I figured why not try it out on myself before I start messing with other people's money. So I bought a house, uh, and I didn't write in an appraisal clause. So, so the house appraised at, uh, it appraised at 210. I put an offer for 222. So I had to bring an additional $12,000 to, uh, I'd bring the difference to closing. And I didn't tell my wife about that one for a while. Oh, <laughs> that, that hurt my pride and everything else in my body. Uh, but then after we closed and she was happy with the house and she had a smile on her face, that's when I broke the news. I was like, hey. I cost us like $12,000 and she, she still reminds me of it every now and then, but she's pretty, how does she take it <laughs> at the time? She, I mean, it's literally a sentence, like a sentence, one sentence would have saved me $12,000. Um, <laughs> so she's always like messing with me because the one thing that I do is I move way too fast and I don't always pay the closest attention to details. I might just get the gist of things and then I go after it. And then I learned on the way through painful mistakes like that one. Um, so it's not really something that, that she's like, she doesn't expect me to do every now and then. Um, <laughs> probably a couple more zeros than she wanted, but normally it's like a hundred dollar mistake, not a $12,000 one, but she was okay with it. Um, and we just kept moving forward. She forgave me. So mm-hmm. cool. And got, you learned, you learned I, from that mistake. I, I haven't, I haven't forgotten one since. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to go. Um, okay. I got to ask what vehicle do you drive or what kind of vehicles do you drive? Yeah. So, um, I would drive a Honda civic. My wife drives a Honda civic and then we've bought a, 
Uh, old. So, yeah, like an old traverse like vehicle to carry uh, now that we have our baby. Yeah. Yeah. Months old. So we got just an older, you know, SUV. How old's the Honda Civics? Uh, 2013 is mine. Hers is a 2016. And then that Traverse is like a 2009 or something. Cool. And um, you, you said they're all free and clear, right? Yeah, yeah. There's no way. Yeah, so that's that's my number one rule is no consumer debt. So I feel like the Honda Civics and like the Toyota Corollas and I don't like those are like four Tauruses. I feel like those are the vehicles that millionaires drive. And I'm serious. And it's like, it's just interesting how like those type of vehicles, like it's the, it's a reliable uh, vehicles that you can drive for a long time that don't cost a whole lot of money that a lot of people become millionaires driving because they're not paying freaking car payments um, to dealerships at the end of the day. So that's, uh, that's super cool to hear that. Um, okay. So, I usually ask this, what advice you have for young people? But since you are young, what advice do you have for people your age? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, that's always weird. See, that's the problem with being my age is people are always coming up to me like, hey, what should I do with this? What should I do with this? Man, I don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> listen to the financial classroom. No, but <laughs> legit though, if you go back to time, go back in time and, and or, or honestly talking to friends right now, what would you say to them is the key to becoming wealthy down the road? Or you so know, to get to your point, like to be a six figure uh, at an early age. I mean, I think I got two things really. It's the first one, not comparing yourself, and the comparison is the ultimate thief of joy. Mm. Um, so I always I think that's the number one thing I always lead off with. Um, I've talked to people, I've gotten people to sell their brand new trucks um, after, like, you know, we talk about finances, and I, I show them like what their brand new 2022 trucks do into their bank account and how it could be different. Um, so that's, like, that's the number one thing is not comparing yourself, having some sort of goal that you're driven by and something bigger, you know, what's your why. Um, so that's always what I try to push out of people is to get to the bigger thing and, and not to compare yourself. And then the second one is, is like I said earlier, um, being prepared for opportunities. Um, opportunities don't, they don't come, the great ones don't come very often. And it's, it's whenever, you, whenever you're given with those opportunities, how prepared are you? Uh, to do that. So that's the thing, like I said, I've been, I've been working on is making sure that I'm prepared for, for opportunities that may arise. And, uh, and then once you get those opportunities, I mean, great, great things can happen. Uh, and then sacrifice, like I, me and my wife, she's in the, she's in the reserves as well. We spent over, uh, over 18 months apart in different states with like no communication. Like that's, that stuff's hard, but sometimes it's the sacrifices that that sets you up uh, for this, you know, for the success. So what, what are the, um, cause I'm as a Canadian, I have no idea even what the reserves are. Like, what is it like? What do you guys get paid? Why do you get into it? Is it benefits or yeah, so benefit benefits are the best part um, of being in the reserves. Uh, so a lot of scholarship opportunities, um, the full rides typically not. Um, that was a competitive scholarship that I got. Uh, and then, so the benefits are great with health insurance. The, the U S is not great. A lot of people have medical bills and mm-hmm. medical debt. Um, and then it depends. So I'm a second Lieutenant. Um, so I, I went to school to become an officer and that's the big pay difference is once you become an officer from enlisted, uh, so you get better pay. So I work, it's only, it's only like one week in a month, two weeks during the summer. And then sometimes you have these like three months trainings, six month trainings. And then you can be activated for deployments. 
so on an annual basis, if I was to be active, I'd probably pull like 60 to 70 um, after all the benefits come in. And then, uh, but like right now I can, like my, I go to drill, which is just like, you go, you go to work. yeah, for like two days. And I, I get like $500 for doing that. So, so it's a good gig. And I get a, uh, a lot of leadership experience and mm-hmm. that's another thing for my resume that uh, can excel me in the workforce to get some raises here in the future. That's, That's cool. super cool. Yeah. Um, hey, we're also talking about, so you make around a hundred a year right now. Mm-hmm. What are you guys spending a year? Do you know? Okay. So th- this is going to be the the worst thing about my finances that you guys probably are going to like, cause I'm not a big budgeter. Um, I, I, we're frugal. We don't spend a lot. I, I am disgusted. The reason why I don't budget is because I know what would happen. I couldn't go out to eat as much as I do now. Um, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what would happen. I, if I look at that number, it'd be bad. Uh, but no, we probably spend, uh, we'd like to try to take a vacation every year. Um, so probably, I don't know, probably 30,000 30, probably a year, 30 to 40. That's probably what we spend a year. Yes, but that's still, you're saving 70% then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, you're, he's not taking home 100K, though. That's before tax. I'm okay. sorry. Correct. Correct. Yeah. What are uh, what are taxes like in the states? Because like here you make a hundred, you're gonna spend like forty thousand on tax. Yeah, well, it's ours is closer to like twenty five to thirty. So I'll probably bring home about seventy, and then you know I throw a lot of that. Now I have twenty percent going into retirement. Um. Mm-hmm. So then after that, I mean, at this point, I feel like I'm not like my big checks from the real estate is where I'm able to throw a lot into my checking and my savings. Yeah. Um, and then my salary, my salary alone, I'm 40,000. We can pretty much live off of, and then everything, all my commissions are investment money savings. Yeah. So. Oh, that's crazy. Honestly, you have your financial knowledge and your grasp on finance is way beyond people your age. Okay. Um, most people at 23 are trying to figure out how to make the latest TikTok dance videos. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can do those too. <laughs> now I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but here you are talking about investing into real estate, investing into the market, um, figuring out, you know, being prepared for the right opportunities to come and, and things like that. that that's, not, that's not things that people talk about uh, at, at 23. And I, I, or at any age. Or any age. Heck, people in their 40s or 50s aren't talking about that. And so that's super impressive. Uh, If we're talking about goals now, earlier you were talking about how you want to be a millionaire, hopefully by 28. What is your long-term goal then? Uh, Is your goal to achieve the financial independence and then maybe retire earlier? Or is your goal to just continue working, 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 and then just create the maximum, the biggest net worth possible? What's your long-term goal? Yeah, so um, it is to gain that early financial independence, retire early, and then go into something that I'm just extremely passionate about, um, and and that's more like my giving aspect. And, and I'm not exactly sure what that'd be. Probably something to do with youth sports, um, mm-hmm. just giving back to the community in different ways. So, how uh, early are you going to retire, or, or is your projection if you everything goes according to plan? Uh, I feel pretty. I don't know. I feel pretty confident by 40. I think I can get out. Um, nice. I, it, cause I mean, all I need is I need the enough real estate numbers so I can get my passive income up. Um, 
once I, I have enough uh, units, then I'll probably make that move and I'll never fully retire. I mean, I enjoy work. I, yeah. Like I wouldn't know what to really do. Um, I'd probably get in too much trouble. I have to use all my money for bail money. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I'm trying, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep working, but, oh, uh, man. but yeah, so I really don't have a financial goal. I think that'll always move for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my goal is really just to get independent, make sure, uh, my, my goal is to buy a house for my daughter real soon. Um, Whoa. And then have it paid off by the time she's, she's 18 and that'll be her first asset to, she can live in it, rent it out. Um, that's, that's, that is a big goal that I have that's um, cool. in the future. So tying her down so she can't move away. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, that's amazing. So yeah. So, so no, no, I guess financial, I mean, millionaire at 20, at 28, that was set when I was 18. It's really not a big goal I have right now. It's more of just like the 18 year old me challenging the 23 year old version of me and saying that you're moving too slow. Like, Hey man, we're already halfway there. What are you doing? But <laughs> do you think that it's a mentality that like a certain mentality that you have to have in regards to like opportunity in United States um, or even in Canada? Like, I wonder if, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I wonder if you need a certain mentality to think like, is a glass half full or half empty when you're like with all your peers, do you feel like you have a lot of peers who also see that opportunity or do you think you have a special viewpoint on things? Um, you know, it, that is one thing I challenge with uh, being my age is finding peers that, that think identical to me, which, which is, you know, you're never gonna find someone identical, but I love my peers. Um, but I, like my really close friend group, just a bunch of, of knuckleheads. I love them to death, but they don't have the same interests as me and they're fine with it. They could, they can live paycheck to paycheck and they are, they are more than happy. Um, at least right now. So, so that's fine. Um, but my, I mean, my mindset's more of a, like, I think of everything like a game. Like I, that's like, I never get stressed out about money. It, to me, it's just a big game. Um, you have an offensive side, you have a defensive side. And then every now and then you get a good opportunity and that's like your special team. So you can kick some field goals and stuff like that. But, but your defense, you know, is going to be protecting your asset, protecting your capital and your offense is those really good opportunities. Um, so yeah, to me, it's all a game. Like it's not even that much of a mindset of like, if I need to be here now, I need to do this. I need to do this. It's just learning the different rules of the game and then how to play by them to, to maximize your success. Do you read a lot of books? Yeah, no, no, no. I can't no. Okay, I was gonna say, like, what are your top books? Because you no, sound I'm, I'm you a... sound like somebody who would read a lot. <laughs> no, I I just listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I like I couldn't tell you the the hit song of the year right now. I don't listen to music. I just mm-hmm. literally just listen to podcasts and different viewpoints. You you remind me a lot of uh, of myself when I was younger, but I don't even think at twenty three I had. Um, the knowledge that you have now in terms of um like again everyone gets wealthy in a lot of ways like i'm i'm not as much into real estate as you um but the the fact that like i feel like your knowledge is like that's why jules asks if you if you're a reader because you have that knowledge and honestly it's so true all the knowledge is out there if you want um i read blogs all the time i read financial news i listen to podcasts I actually walk to work all the time. So on the way to work, I've been listening to podcasts on the way to walk back home. I'm listening to podcasts. So it's it's such a good way to like learn. And I'm sure I, I, I can tell that you're 
like you do that all the time and it's definitely made a huge difference so um it's i i can't stress enough to again that's probably something that young people can do listening to this is is to just educate yourself and and i think Jules, one question about the books that you you know that you asked were my favorite books. One thing that I'm I'm like really adamant about is my time. And for me to sit down and read a book for however long it takes me, I feel like I can get on the internet and I can research the exact information I want and find it at a much quicker speed. And I feel like that's like that's really the difference with this generation that's you know like now in their twenties, early thirties, we've had access to all this information, and yeah. there's really no excuse not to know something. So mm-hmm. for me to read a book, it would take, it really does take a lot. Like I have to have a lot of interest where I feel like I can just be driving to go make money while listening about learning to make money. So like that, that's kind of where I'm, where I am with books. I'm not deterring anyone from reading. I'm just saying my personal viewpoint on, on being able to listen to things and research things at a quicker speed. Yeah. We're in the golden age of investing and golden age of knowledge. And mm-hmm. And if I, I, my dad is into real estate, but if I talk to him about the stock market, he he's turned off because at, at his era, you have to call somebody, a mm-hmm. stockbroker who places a buy and then call you back to confirm that the buy is done. So he never got into the market. Um, so he was all into real estate. And so, yeah, but nowadays, like, man, with a click of a button in the States, Robinhood, you're done. You just bought whatever, some index fund out there or some stock, whatever, easy. Mm-hmm. So the end of every uh, podcast, we ask this question. Usually it's a pig date question. Like if you had endless amounts of money, what would you spend it on? Um, but we also, another idea is if you uh, could have five people at the dinner table, dead or alive, anyone in history, who would those five people be? Oh, gosh. Um, hmm. Okay, I'm going to go with, see, I, I'd like to get Dave Ramsey and Kiyosaki there so they can. Yeah, <laughs> They could talk about how debt is good and how the other one is like all against debt. Yeah. So people throwing food at each other. I like to see uh, entertainment with my meal. Um, So at least get those two there. (laughs) And then trying to think what else after that. Uh, You know, I'd probably bring like a semi big sports guy. So I'm probably going to bring like my favorite sports players. Um, I'd like to meet some of the, like the bigger war heroes of the U S like general Patton. Um, Eisenhower stuff like that um, just from the military side and then uh, so you got five so you got Dave Ramsey and Robert yeah Kiyosaki. definitely those two and then I'd probably bring back I don't know dead you, can people. Learn, you, you can learn French and try and speak to Napoleon mm, that'd be good <laughs> that'd be good uh, man to tell you the truth if I had to bring back five people to, to have a dinner with it would just be you know, friends and family that have gone over time just to kind of learn from them or, or hear from them. It wouldn't, to me, like I said, all the, the knowledge stuff I feel like I can get, I would just like some more time with some more people. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. I think that's what, that's life, right? That's what it's all about. You, you can hustle all you want, but what are you hustling for? Yeah. No, yeah. There, there has to be an end to the hamster wheel or you'll die on it. Yeah. You know? Um, so, so yeah. So my thing is just, hustling now um, just like you said earlier so i can live independently later and uh spend as much time with my daughter and my family yeah so five people at the dinner table we're talking about family then at the end of the day yeah definitely family yeah. probably the same dinner table i mean you know right now nice <laughs> i got i got the five people i want 
That's awesome. That's, <laughs> I love that. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, I, it was a pleasure having you on. I'm really glad that we were able to connect. And uh, mm. who knows, right? You'll come on again. You can share us share with us some investor tips or some joint venture thing you got going on. And oh, when he hits we'll seven figure, definitely yeah. reach out. I'm serious. Definitely reach yeah, out. Absolutely. Because at the rate you're going, you should hit seven figure a lot, like fast. And uh, let uh, let your hardware go to work and let compound interest, if you're investing in the market, whatever, go to work and um, you'll hit that fast. Absolutely. I really appreciate you guys having me on and yeah. it's always fun connecting like this and meeting like-minded individuals. So I appreciate it. Yeah. No, Justin, you- go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, are you open? Did you want to put out your email or your, your social media if anyone wanted to contact you? Yeah, let's do that. Um, so uh, my email is justin.johnson7 at kw.com. And then you can also find me on Instagram. Um, definitely, if you're interested in any joint venture opportunities in the U.S. real estate market, um, my Instagram is justinjohnson underscore agent. So feel free to connect with me on there. And uh, I'm always willing to answer questions and and talk to people that, that have questions about real estate. So Awesome. That is fantastic. Honestly, talking to like-minded people is great. Um, it's not every day that you get to talk to someone as young as you who have uh, basically their shit together kind of thing. Um, and uh, I feel like you do. And it's super cool. So thanks so much for coming on, Justin. It's It was actually refreshing uh, talking to you. You're super well-spoken. And I could see by the time you're 30, by the time you're 28, that you hit that seven-figure mark, and uh, it's uh, it's definitely doable. So um, with that said, uh, if you are a six-figure millennial or a seven-figure, uh, feel free to reach out to us at financialclassroom at gmail.com. If you have some unique story like Justin to share, uh, let us know. We would love to hear from you and love to share your story and success story to other people and uh, show that success is not out of the reach and being wealthy is uh, a matter of obviously opportunity but a lot of choices too and so thank you very much everyone take care until next time see you later in a month bye thank you for listening to this episode for more episodes and financial tips check out our facebook page the financial classroom And if you like this podcast, feel free to subscribe and leave us a review on our various podcast platforms. Later.